Hello and welcome to Audible River. I'm Alan Rice, and I'm very happy to have with me Reverend Dr. John R. Mabry, who is a pastor in the United Church of Christ and is the author of more than 40 books on spirituality, theology, and even some science fiction and fantasy. Also known as Pastor John, he currently teaches comparative theology at the Chaplaincy Institute and Interfaith Seminary in Berkeley, California. He is a prolific songwriter, and he has a private practice providing spiritual direction to individuals. Well, hello, John. It's great to have you here today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for asking me, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Well, to, to start off with, I got a big question for you, and I'm eager to hear your answer. What would you say is Christianity? Ooh. I know it's Christ- a big one. Yeah, right. it's a it's a big one, it's a big <laughs> one. Well, and it and of course it depends upon who you ask. Exactly. Um, but uh, uh, I would I would personally say uh, Christianity is the religion that built up around Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, yeah, that's that's a I think that's a fair question. I think that you know personally. I like to think of Christianity as as the words of Christ, as the words of Jesus. I mean, that's how I personally relate relate to that. I um, I just you know, uh, full disclosure. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I my my background, my foundation is uh, is that kind of fundamentalist Christianity. Uh, but I've been very curious about um, you know e- expanding my experience my knowledge my my understanding of, of, of faith in general and so um, I recently came across your book growing into God a beginner's guide to Christian mysticism Th- this book really fascinated me and I'd like for you to talk a little bit about Christian mysticism well sure because I think it's impossible to talk about Christianity without talking about mysticism, because the two are completely intertwined. Um, Mysticism is the core of Christianity, and there isn't any sect of Christianity that doesn't doesn't, uh, involve a mysticism. And then, how would you? Def- I mean, what is? I mean, what? Is, how would you define mysticism? The experience of it, or how do you know it's happening, or what? You know, it, yeah. Okay, let's get get into that. Like, well, maybe you have your own experience, or you can talk about mystics that you know about. Just a little bit of background. What is that? Well, um, you know, I think when a lot of people hear the word mysticism, they think of something spooky or occult or something, you know, kind of shady or heretical. Um, But it it, it isn't any of those things. Um, Mysticism is the pursuit or the enjoyment of union with the divine. So a union with the divine, yes. So what does that feel like? How do you know you're doing that? Um, Well, (laughs) there, there are mystical experiences that people have, um, but I think most people, um, well, I'd, I'd say about half of the half of the people uh, on, on earth have mystical experiences. We can talk about why in a minute, um, because I think that's really, really important. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think the mystical experience is as important as our understanding about it because we can have faith that mysticism is real and happening without having a mystical experience okay all right well that's important and and i'll I'll just say uh john the reason that i i want to talk about this is that uh i i feel myself that mysticism i I just realized this late in my life from talking to you know other people that you know, when I talk about, you know, my way of seeking and that sort of thing, people say, well, you're a mystic. I'm like, what? What is that? You know, so so I'm, you know, I'm now I'm asking like, well, what is this mysticism? Have I been doing it? Or what are other people? And the, and, and the reason that it's, it seems important to me is that I bet that there are many, many, many people who are having a personal experience that they're not talking about. And... Um, maybe there's a way of giving some recognition to for an, an ex, more of an expression and exploration. I think that's kind of what I'm 
trying to get here. It's like, what would, what would you right. say to those people? Okay, so um, I kind of want to bracket that and set it aside for a minute. Okay. Um, because what you're talking about here is, is mystical experiences, and those are really, really important. But I kind of want to get back to fundamental Christianity. And I don't mean fundamentalist. I just mean fundamental Christianity. So, for okay. instance, um, uh, in the tradition you and I grew up in, the okay. Southern Baptist tradition, uh -huh. um, we would you know, hear that salvation happens when you ask Jesus into your heart. Right. Okay, so if you believe that the Holy Spirit indwells a person, comes into a person when one asks Jesus into their heart, that is a mystical act. Okay. Because what is achieved is union with God. Okay. The Holy oh. Spirit comes into a person and, and, that, uh, and, and that person is filled with the Holy Spirit and that right there is mysticism. Wow. So, so okay. let's look at how other denominations hold this, okay? So yeah. um, in liturgical traditions, um, uh, when a person is baptized, one, uh, a person is sealed with the Holy Spirit, with chrism, um, and, it is, and, and liturgical Christians believe that it is the act of baptism that unites us with Jesus. And it is in that act that the Holy Spirit enters us and becomes one being with us. Uh, and we become one being with Jesus. And more than that, we become one being with everyone else who is one being with Jesus. The body of Christ is not a metaphor. It is a literal reality for Christians. And this is mysticism. Okay. So in, in liturgical, and uh, so what denominations would that be? Uh, what, I mean, what, uh, that would be pretty much every denomination that isn't evangelical. <laughs> okay, all right. And so in that, you're talking about a, a baptism. This is a ceremony. It's like, a, or you could say it's a, it's, a, it's a ritual, it's a religious ritual, and it's an event uh, in someone's life. And so, so the belief well, is, go ahead, yeah. Well, it's a sacrament. It's a sacrament, okay. Well, so okay, what's, and, what's, what sets so that apart? For, for liturgical Christians, um, a sacrament is a is a physical act that it, that um, affects what it symbolizes. So so go ahead. so so um, you know a sacrament um, uh, is a is a visible act in which uh, an invisible grace is communicated, um, and so um, liturg liturgical Christians believe that. God acts through the sacraments. It isn't something that the minister or the priest is doing. It's something that God is doing in this ritual action performed by the people of God um, uh, in which grace is given, in which the Holy Spirit is given as a gift, in which this union with Jesus is achieved. Um, if we're talking baptism, of course. Right, 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 if we're talking baptism. Uh, and and in that, I, I would assume that, you know, everyone participating would have to be, you know, open to this reception of the grace that's happening, that open to, you know, God coming into that ceremony. And so it's, it has, I mean, so it involves everyone having faith in that moment. But you're also, you're also talking about a visceral change in the individual or individuals who are experiencing that ceremony. So this is this is something real, and it's a mystical experience, something that changes. Um, it, okay, all right. And can this? I mean, this is this is this is the Christian way, and then this. Um, and so, as you said, like in the Southern Baptist, you know, it's we're letting you know Jesus into our heart, right? And that was a um, a thing. What I'm what I'm wondering about is. Uh, so what can an individual come to this within the within the Christian faith without the ritual? Um, I think it it depends upon the school of Christianity. Okay. Um, so within evangelicalism, um, uh, the ritual is a prayer. Okay. 
within um, liturgical Christianity, the ritual is um, is baptism. Um, I think there has to be a, a point at because God is not coercive. Uh -huh. There has to be a point at which a person says yes. Okay, okay. And, and however a person says that, um, uh, consent has to be given. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, because we are uh, given that free will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I also want to point out that for evangelicals, this moment, this mystical moment is seen as an event, as, a, as like a moment in time. But for Christians of other denominations, it's seen as a process. A process. So it's, yeah. it's process. It's something that takes place over time. You start to follow Jesus. Uh -huh. uh, you are united with him in, in baptism. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that union is real. But then begins something called theosis. Theosis. Okay, tell me about that. Right. So that's a, a, a Greek word um, that um, refers to God's action of turning us into himself. Okay, this is fascinating. Right. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, you know, and so in like Greek Orthodox tradition, um, uh, they they believe that that God is radiating these divine rays that ever since the the resurrection has been in the process of turning the entire created order into God. Um, and you know, and there's this this ancient Christian saying that um, that God became man in order that man may become God, that um, in taking our humanhood into himself in the act of incarnation, uh, Jesus also raised humankind into God. Um, and so now there is this gradual process of divinization, uh, which is really um, the, 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 the English word for theosis, uh -huh. um, that uh, is the is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Now, you know, in in evangelical uh, in the evangelical church, uh, they would call this sanctification. Uh, well, not sanctification, but um, uh, uh, what is this? The gradual process. I'm forgetting the word. I mean, maybe it's even discipleship. I'm not exactly sure. But um, uh, but anyway, there is this there is this process of being in Godded. Um, of 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 being transformed into God, and we even see this in Luther too. Um, Luther, Martin Luther, says that um, uh, that what God is is self-giving love, and what we're born with is self-serving love, and uh -huh. self-serving love is enough to get us started. <laughs> Yeah, to, to keep us alive, right. <laughs> right, right. But the work of God in us is the transformation of our self-serving love into self-giving love, into what God is. Wow. So, you know, I, I've got a little bit of a metaphor. Let me run by you on, on this. And that is, um, so I, I, I think of like the, the, the spirit as like a, a seed of God. And like, you know, Jesus had that parable about casting seeds and that and that the hum, humans, us, we're like we're like the ground, let's say. Right. And so that seed that comes to us, it can take or not or whatever, but it's our choice. And if it does happen, something grows and that that something that grows. That's what I want to know more about. What is that? Yeah. Something? Well, well, you know, um, Meister Eckhart, one of the great mystics in the Christian tradition, said almost exactly that. He said, you know, uh, a pear seed grows into, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the seed of a pear grows into, uh, into a pear tree, and the seed of God grows into God. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, yes. Okay. And it's the, the seed of God that is planted within our souls um, in, um, you know, in that, in that act of yes. In that act of yes. So now... Getting back to let's say mystics, from my from my knowledge, 
if you know someone we generally regard as a mystic, this is someone who knows this viscerally. Who knows? I mean, can I, is that true to say? Is that fair enough to say that no, has a way of knowing this truth? That's 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 you know very an experience in themselves. Can we talk about that a little bit? I think it is. Um, I think it is most common for mystics to have uh, had mystical experiences. I think it's also possible to be a more or less uh, theoretical mystic. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you can understand what mysticism is and have faith that it happens, but never feel anything. Oh, okay, right. You know, you know, C.S. Lewis said that he took communion every day of his life and never felt anything. Um, but that didn't stop him from going to communion or believing that he was um, receiving into himself the body of Jesus, which is itself a mystical act. Because he and Jesus were becoming one in the act of communion. Well, you know, that's important because, you know, I have talked to people who, who have said, you know, well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what all this mishmash is about. I don't, I don't hear angels' voices. You know, I don't see light around mm-hmm. things. I don't, you know, I don't get any of that. And so, you know, how, how can I be, you know, you know, spiritually, you know, growing or whatever? I don't even know. But what you're saying is that it can, it can happen without that awareness, apparently, or we, we believe this is, this is so, that it, it's more about the intent we can more or less be certain that the intent is is doing something in the person that's we're we're growing somehow, right? Is that fair? Or? Yeah, I, I I think maybe it's intent, but in, intent implies action on our part, and I think what's more important is trust. Ah, right. That God is doing God's part. It's it's interactive. I mean, it definitely is mm-hmm. it, right. So. So it's an opening up, it's being open to an otherness and allowing that in. Um, it, the trust is, it, because, it, because we're talking about the inner life, right? And we're, yes, we're, talking, yes. we're talking about like the most intimate part of who we are. The part oh, that, yeah. Yes, I mean, the, the, the part that nobody gets to see, right? The mm-hmm. part that we keep for ourselves. And that is the part that we're talking about sharing with this otherness. And we have to trust that otherness to let it to let it take root is what we're kind of the metaphor we're using. Yes. And I think that trust is, is probably the most important thing. You know, when Martin Luther says that we're, we're, we're saved by faith, he doesn't mean uh, intellectual assent to a list of metaphysical propositions. Okay. Like, like the creed. Right. Uh, he, he means trust the word, the word in the New Testament is pistis, and it can be translated as belief or faith or trust. And I think that we far too often um, translate it as faith, and we think, oh, believing the right things. Right, but, yes. But that's not what it's about. It's about trusting the right person. Well, there you go. Because I think that you know a lot of people regard uh, religion. And I think that a lot of uh, organized religions, as I perceive them, you know, in, in my lifetime, as a, a, a prescription of behaviors. Uh, that if you yep. if you do this, you'll receive that. Um, that 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 sort of thing. But and I think that it's, you know, for the most part, it's tran- transactional. Tra- yeah. Yes, yes, it's transactional, and I think that could keep a lot of people out of trouble. You know, but. I'm not sure that it goes the step necessary to to bring that inner experience that we're talking about. Is that does that seem fair to you? Does that, yeah. Oh, I think I think that's completely fair um, <laughs> because you know uh, I, I think you know what Jesus really you know the only people Jesus really got upset at were religious people who were <laughs> shake were shaking their fingers at the sinners, um, uh, and instead he just went to the sinners and loved them. There you go, because these were the re- these people were real. These, I mean, yeah. I guess there's an. I think I the word authenticity. You know, it's like yep. it's like you know. Okay, I, I, I'm. You could say, well, I'm not a good person. I don't know what being a good person is. Well, that's just being real, right? And yeah. if, if you can say that, then yeah. then there's then you have a basis for trust, right? So <laughs> yeah. And people tell me all the time, I don't know how to pray, and I just tell them, um, just be honest with God. There you go. 
that's that's okay. Just be honest with God. Whatever, that's it. That's you it. know, it's it's like whatever is going on. Uh, you know, I'm scared about this. I messed up here. Yeah. I um I am hopeful for this. Uh, you know, um, uh, just you know because what you know people say. Well, God already knows what I need, but the, the purpose of prayer isn't. Um, giving God information. The purpose of prayer is intimacy. Right, yes. It's the one thing that God can't manufacture for himself. It is, you know, it is what God most desires from us, and it's what we in our deepest, deepest places desire with God, to have with God, is that is that intimacy. And intimacy is only possible with, uh, with honesty, um, and, which is why... Um, traditionally, every act of Christian worship begins with confession. Okay. I, because we, we have to get honest with God before we can truly commune with God. Right. We have to let down those defenses. We have to let down, you know, whatever whatever facade we're trying to hold up to project to the world, we have to yep. let all of that go because God sees through it anyway. Right. Yeah, and God's not buying any of it. He's not buying any of that. And if you're gonna and if you're gonna make that connection, you just gotta forget about that. Right. You do. You do. You just gotta show up with all your messiness. And I think the mis- <laughs> the mystery of the incarnation is that Jesus was not afraid to get down into the mud with us. Right. Jesus came down into the mess with us, and Jesus wants to embrace us in all of our messiness. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, God. You know, Jesus isn't saying, "Okay, we'll shape up and then maybe we can talk." <laughs> Jesus is just saying, "Come, let me love you, and I don't care." Ah, oh, that's a big message. That's a huge. I mean, the, I mean, the, no wonder. No wonder. You know, I, I was just thinking about this uh, the other day. Is like I believe probably the one name in the entire world that everybody knows probably you can go anywhere the one name would be Jesus you know I mean it doesn't matter like what culture you're in where yeah. you're at in the world oh, yeah. it's like it's like you know it's like <laughs> if you had a list of names it's like everybody would say yeah I know that one right <laughs> that so yeah. that it's that there's something very you know regardless of how whatever money you know some people may misinterpret or however the something something gets through in the image of Jesus or what he is his something about his his the, the name i mean that just sort of touches everybody on the whole planet it's a, it's an amazing thing and you know um I think that, you know, of course that there are, I, I've met, you know, quite a few people, and I think I was there myself at one point, who uh, are not happy with Jesus because of the some of the people who are out there speaking for him, you know, that, that there are some people who are giving messages that are, that, you know, seem to hurt people's feelings, I should say. And, um, but I, I think that, you know, for me, when I go back and I look at just exactly what Jesus said, and not what people were saying about him, it clears up a lot of things uh, for me. Um, and, and getting to that, you know, it's, it's kind of like to, to flip this mysticism thing around, because to me, that's, that's very much the inner life. But the big commandments, I think, that Jesus gave were, if I remember correctly, almost always about others, mm-hmm. like love thy neighbor. I mean, that's other people. That's like, it's about relationships, you know. Uh, do unto yep. others as you would have them do unto you. It's thinking of other people and love God uh, with all your heart and mind and spirit. So, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, but I think you're making an incorrect assumption there. Really? Um, okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, Howard Thurman. Have you, have you read any Howard Thurman? Yes, I have actually, yeah. Been a yeah, while. Uh, yes. he, right, fantastic. Early... Um, very, very influential in the civil rights uh, movement. Yeah. Um, he, um, uh, you know, he w- he went to he was speaking, and he started talking about mysticism. And somebody stood up and interrupted him and said, "You know, we've come to hear about social justice. Why are you talking about this mysticism stuff?" Uh-huh. And he said, "Mysticism is breathing in. Social justice is breathing out." It's just the two parts of the same breath, right? The, so. Well, they, it, it is, absolutely. And the thing is, if we do not have this connection with 
with God, then we burn out in our efforts uh, for at social justice really, really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I like to say, you know, I, I'm in a I'm in a denomination that's very big on social justice. So um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm often the gadfly. Uh, that is always bringing this this crazy mysticism stuff into it. And I like to say, social justice is a fine cart, but it needs a good horse. Uh And if we're trying to pull that cart ourselves, we're going to get tired really fast. So God is the horse. So let's put the horse before the cart, and then we can get some stuff done. You know, absolutely. You know, when you're when you're talking about that, I'm reminded of um, Martin Luther King and his, you know, you know, not to name drop or whatever, but that the the nonviolence, nonviolent resistance, mm-hmm. in in order to, I think, in order to do to be a nonviolent resistor, in the way that Martin Luther King was talking about it, that that really takes some deep faith to to approach um, someone who would view you as an enemy uh, and approach them with with love with openness and to have yep. no no defense to their attacks and that yep. and that this and then and then I'm reminded I mean this to me I think that's it's kind of a it's a difficult thing I think to, to come around to really understand but I think that the, the the answer is entirely in spirit I want to hear your, your your thoughts on this when I get done Um. But like the, related to this is, you know, Jesus' first words in the Sermon on the Mount was the meek shall inherit the earth. Yep. And I, so, so tell me what your, your thoughts are about that. Well, I mean, this goes right back to, uh, I mean, this is, this is mystical once again. The earliest hymn in our tradition, in the Christian tradition, is the one that is found that Paul quotes in Philippians. It says that Jesus did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and took the form of a servant. So emptying ourselves of power Uh in order to serve others, you know, is when we're, you know, when, when you are united with Jesus, you know, hopefully you, you love what Jesus loves and you do what Jesus did. Um, (laughs) And so as Christians, we are called to empty ourselves of power Uh in order to be of service. So in other words, we do not, you know, gain power for ourselves, you know, not political power, not coercive power, um, instead, we um, uh, we take a completely nonviolent approach that is only um, only re- only directed by love. Um, and you know, the person who really learned this lesson was was Gandhi. Um, and you know, the, the irony is that he was using Jesus's own um, methods against the the supposedly Christian British Empire, mm-hmm. and and brought that empire to its knees. Um, you know, he, he, he's famous for saying Christianity is a wonderful religion. Too bad it's never been tried. <laughs> yes. And then, and then he tried it in practice, uh-huh. and it worked. Yeah. Yes. A- and, and it was from Gandhi that Martin Luther King Jr. learned, um, you know, his techniques from, from, uh, for, um, for nonviolent resistance. And so there's this direct line um, uh, from from Jesus to Gandhi to um, to Martin Luther King Jr. to you know uh, civil rights struggles all over the world, um, where uh, the power of God is made manifest in weakness. Uh huh. Right. As as Paul says, the power of God is made manifest in weakness. It's um, you know also. I, I, have you ever uh, come across the writing of Leonid Tolstoy, the book called uh, "The Kingdom of God Is Within You"? That uh, I haven't read it, but I, I, I have certainly heard of it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so Tolstoy, of course, is very famous for you know War and Peace and Anna Karenina. I mean, it was like he was one of the most well-read sure. Russian authors. And but apparently he had a big beef with the Russian Orthodox Church and uh, had a personal belief in kind of what we're talking about that. Uh, they they weren't actually following the teachings of Jesus, and so he 
wrote uh, some very strong w- words about how, you know, if you were really, if you were really um, a follower of our Christ, that we wouldn't be having wars. We, w- we wouldn't be punishing people the way that we do. We wouldn't be doing all these things that hurt others. And that, you know, and that, you know, he talked about the hypocrisy and that kind of thing. And I mean, the reason, and one of the reasons I bring this up is that uh, that book was banned in Russia. Uh-huh. And his family, yeah. after he died, suppressed the publication. They didn't want people to know that he wrote it. So it's, um, it is a curiosity how this real power, this, power, this spiritual, the, 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 the raw spiritual power of the teachings of Jesus um, threatens some people. Um, it's some people who love their power. So maybe, I, I don't know if you have any comment on that. Oh well, absolutely, and I and I think it's the um, it's been the role the role historically for mystics to be um, prophets, you know, to to be prophetic and to um, you know speak truth to power um, because they've seen the truth mm-hmm. uh, often in a way that um, uh, those who just go through the motions of religion haven't. Right. But there's something about the truth that takes on a life of its own, I think. You know, regardless of anybody's effort to, you know, suppress it or to, you know, put their own ideas out there. It's something about the real truth that once it once people get it, once it gets out there that that, you know, there's 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 a life in it. And to me, I think. Oh yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's <laughs> not it's not actually stoppable. It's No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, it's 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 much like the spirit itself. Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah. so, and so, you know, it's like, and then I reminded, like, you know, because you know, um, you know, being brought up a you know, Christian, and when I was a kid, I was, you know, I, I just couldn't get enough of it, right? I was just like studying the Bible and you know, reading all yeah. these verses and that kind of thing. And then it was later that I began to like see discrepancies between what Jesus was saying and what I was being told by my pastors, and that. And but anyway. Um, but one of the things that Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. seems like, I mean, that's something that we hear over and over. You know, these, these, these kind of statements become, you know, sort of, you know, hackneyed or whatever. You know, it's like, it, it, I think that the, the meaning of it, the real meaning of it is, 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 it is a bit mysterious and quite exquisite. That the truth, not something that we're going to do, not something that we're going to, you know, uh, like achieve. We're, we're not going to like get the right job and, and get set mm-hmm. free. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to know the truth. And that's that essential. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, sure. And well, what the truth is, is contextual, of course. Um, but, uh, but the truth is, is always liberative. Um, so I, I, I think um, this is, you know, precisely what Jesus was pointing to. Um, I'm reminded that the, um, in the Zoroastrian faith, um, the name for hell is the house of the lie. Oh. And as long as we are living in the house of the lie, um, you know, then, then um, we're not free. Not free, not real. So to me, my, in yeah. my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, the in the Eastern traditions, they talk about illusion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like living mm-hmm. in a so that would be the lie. That would, you know. Ex- oh, absolutely. Right. And we lie to ourselves all the time. Okay. And and the powers, uh, and the powers that be, lie to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our religious institutions lie to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, they put us in bondage. Um, I think in in Martin Luther's time, you know, he called this the Babylonian captivity of the church, that the oh. the church that that the people of God were being hoodwinked by the powers in Rome who wanted to wield uh, coercive power over them. Yeah, uh, you know, oh, and he wanted, uh, uh, you know, Luther wanted to. Uh, set Christians free, you know, just like Paul says, for freedom, you have been set free. But in order to do that, you have to see through the web of lies that has been spun around you by church, by family, 
by mm-hmm. um, by yourself. Yeah, right. What, yeah, whatever you know, you bought into. So, and and I think this, and I think this is, uh, I think this is synonymous with judgment. Okay. I think, I think that when we stand before God, God isn't going to uh, judge us in the sense that you were good or you were bad. God's just going to show us the truth about ourselves. And that is just plain what it is. And that is just plain what it is. And all of our justifications, all of our stories, all of these are just going to fall away and we're just going to see the naked truth. And and we will know that's what it is. Yep. So when we... I I, want to get to talking about the spiritual growth, a little bit about like, you know, there are, like if somebody begins a path, somebody is, is baptized, like you're saying, it's like there are, there are experiences that people have, and I know myself of looking back and like, oh, I feel different about these things now. I feel more open about certain things. Can you talk a little bit about like what people might experience as they're growing inwardly in the spirit? Well, sure. Well, this that kind of brings us back to uh, the conversation that we bracketed about mystical experience. So in the, um, the classic Christian conception of how spiritual growth happens, um, according to um, the Christian mystics, you know, there's this, there's this substage um, that Evelyn Underhill calls awakening. Uh, I call this an invitation experience. Um, and it's where somebody has an ex- a spiritual experience that they can't explain. Um, and they come in a, a, a large variety uh, of experiences and a large variety of intensities. Um, but most often, these are experiences relatively brief experiences of unitive consciousness. Okay. And it wakes you up. It wakes you up. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, whoa, what the hell was that? <laughs> and there's no going back. That was, that was different. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is going back, you know, because uh-huh. um, uh, I, I think most people, when these things happen to them, assume that they're sick and some of them go to the ER. Oh, wow. Yes. You know, um, some of them just wait for it to pass and go, whew, glad that's over. (laughs) And some people say, want me more of that. Yes. Okay. Right. Some people do. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, And these experiences, you know, when they are uh, experienced as positive, are often called spiritual emergence experiences. And when they are negative, because they're... uh, Uh, for some reason, and we'll go into that in a minute, Um, they're often called spiritual emergencies. Um, (laughs) And they're often the same kind of experience, um, but one is welcome and and one isn't. So, you know, for instance, if I'm sitting at home in my comfortable living room and I have an experience of of unitive consciousness, I'm going to be really open to this experience and it's much more likely to be a positive experience for me but if I'm standing up in front of 500 people giving a lecture and I suddenly have a, uh, a unitive experience or I'm driving and this has happened to me uh-huh. and I have a unitive experience, I'm going to be way less uh, welcoming of this experience because it's, <laughs> it's dangerous. Yes, um, not a good time. <laughs> in fact, I might even get pissed about it, um, uh, which I did. Okay. Um, so... Uh, uh, so, uh, I, so these are wake up calls. This is how God gets our attention okay. and says, says, wake up, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is more to this life than you are seeing. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. here's a glimpse. There it is. Right. Right. And the thing is, um, that, you know, if we ignore that glimpse, the next one is going to be more intense. If a, if a whisper doesn't work, then God's going to use a shout. If a shout doesn't work, God's going to use a baseball bat. But, <laughs> you know, they're going to keep coming because uh-huh. God wants to get your attention. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and some people don't need them. Some people are, you know, cozy right up to God without any, you know, any kind of mystical um, uh, slaps on the back of the head. Um, so uh, it, it's not like it's... It, it's not like, you know, those who speak in tongues that say you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. It's not like that at all. It's um, some people need um, a wake-up call, and, and, and some people don't. Um, and some people just ignore them, and um, some people talk themselves out of them. You know, uh, 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 many are called, but, but, but few walk that way. Um, uh, and and those that do, um, you know, um, and they say, I want more of that, that, you know, that that experience turns their gaze toward God and they start walking in a different direction. Uh, and I, I kind of like to say that God is like a heroin dealer because, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 the first dime bag is free. OK, but after that, you got to work for it. In oh. other words, you got to you got to you got to start walking the spiritual path right you know mm -hmm. um but that awakening experience can get us started um and some people say well what about like the use of psychedelics and stuff like that and i think psychedelics can do the same thing for us you know you can it can like blast through all of our uh defenses and show us that wow there is this uh everything is connected everything is one um, we are swimming in God, um, and that can change a person's life. And uh, and I have heard many people for the, whom this has happened. But I am not a person who believes that psychedelics are um, s something that ought to be a consistent spiritual practice, um, because uh, I, I liken um, uh, I liken. Um, the use of psychedelics to a one night stand. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun um, and it, it can be life changing, um, but it's not what God or we truly want, which is long term committed intimacy. You, you can't live in that state. Right. You can't. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But it can reorient someone towards a spiritual life mm -hmm. um and and i i certainly do think that happens so so that's the kind of the pre-stage and then and then the first stage is um uh is uh what the christian mystics call purgation and um every religious system that i have investigated um uh has these same stages um so um so like you have uh, uh, several sub-steps of what you might call moral preparation. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we have had this glimpse of, our, of, of unitive life, and it changes us, and we think, wow, okay, um, this puts everything in my life in a new, in a new light. And you start discerning, um, is this something I, that's good for me? Or is this something I should let go of? Okay, right. And we start doing that around behaviors and practices and substances and relationships and thought patterns, all kinds of stuff, you know, um, uh, because we are trying uh, this. This stage is all about aligning our uh, our inner and outer life around our um, our our new spiritual values. And that could mean a lot of changes. It could mean a lot of changes and it uh -huh. takes a long time. Yes. You know, uh -huh. and so a lot of people couch this in moralistic terms, but I don't see it that way at all. I think it's more about inner outer congruence. I think it's mm -hmm. about, uh, I think it's about a, a personal integrity. It's like, you know, so I have seen this and I am living in a way that does not, um, that does not reflect the, you know, the, the, the reality that I have, that I have seen. Um, mm -hmm. And so some things need to change. So just like anything that somebody feels, uh, feels called to do, let's just say, like, I, I mean, I, I want to be a runner. 
well, then I need to start running and I need to maybe yep. change my diet or I need to like, you know, look at look at doing some things differently to uh, to prepare myself for, for, for being this thing that I've wanted. I've discovered I want to do. So the spiritual life is very much like that. So yep. I, I understand. So we have to prepare ourselves in ways that support that spiritual uh, growth. And that and that is that is a real thing. So it is something that I mean, it's 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 inward, and I think that people talk about, like you say, but uh, you know, keep going. I'm just kind of you know giving you my well, two cents. But it's inward and it's outward. Okay, it so, is outward. Okay, you, you know, because we're we're talking about changing things inside of ourselves, but we're also talking about changing our behaviors. Right. We're talking about how we we're changing how we treat other people, right. or how we think about other people, or our uh, the way we engage with the world. Mm -hmm. um, so um, this is part of this period of discernment too. I mean, this 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 whole stage of purgation or alignment um, is 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 a stage of discernment. What do I need to keep? What do I need to let go of? <laughs> so what's next? So what's next is um, what the Christian mystics call um, uh, illumination, and. Um, this is really um, uh, spiritual practice. So this is where we, we really get serious about our spiritual practices. So, um, uh, and, and you can see that this doesn't start right at the beginning of one's spiritual life. You know, um, this is something that we, that, that once we start to mature in the spiritual life, we, we start to get serious about this, much more serious than we used to. So, this is where we start really disciplining ourselves into a life of prayer or meditation, uh, mm -hmm. or 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 other uh, other spiritual practices that um, that really require um, uh, a good deal of commitment um, and effort on our part, um, and you know along the way we have more of these glimpses. Okay. And that 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 keeps us, you know, we have that that keeps us involved, that keeps us going. But it's also yep. what you're saying, like it's like, uh, it, you know, I'm just kind of relating it to other like materialics. You're getting good at your job, so to speak, and uh, so and you're like identifying more with what you're doing. It's kind of in that stage, is what you're saying, right? Yes, and we are growing in intimacy. Growing in intimate intimacy, and that's that's what's really happening inwardly. You know, it's yes. like it's, it's more it's a secure, more secure relationship that's that with this intimacy with the divine is what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so many of the mystics um, of, of not just Christian traditions, but 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 many traditions talk about um, this deepening intimacy as a um, uh, as a love affair. Wow. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, I've read uh, Rumi, for instance, uh, it, you know, the, the, the famous um, uh, poet, you know, of the Islamic tradition, uh, Sufis. Yeah. That, you know, he talks about love all the time. He talks about. He does. Know, and he calls God the beloved. The beloved. Right. Yes. And it's a very romantic kind of uh, uh, of relationship, mm -hmm. you know, um, and you read like somebody in the Christian tradition like. Mechtild of Magdeburg mm -hmm. and uh, Mechtild's um, Flowing Light of the Godhead, one of my absolute favorite works of Christian mysticism. And it is just, whoo, it is, <laughs> it is, um, it, it, it'll make you blush. Uh, I, I, uh, I call it a, uh, 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 a habit ripper. Um, <laughs> You know how some romance novels are bodice rippers. And, okay, right. Nuns, nuns wear habits. Right, of um, course. I get it. So, I get the, I get the right, joke. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a habit ripper. Um, about and, and she just goes on and on and on about her deep and erotic relationship with Jesus. Well, that's that's okay. We're getting intimate now. So where does where does all this lead? Where do we where do we think that we're going? With this, I mean, obviously, it's some, something feels good. We want to keep going, but like, what do you th what do you feel like is is, is the ultimate uh, goal out there that we're that we're reaching for? I think, to some degree, this 
this growing in intimacy is the goal. That this is a life lived in God, consciously lived in God, um, uh, and uh, a life of conscious intimacy with God. Um, and, you know, uh, short of the grave and all of our remaining illusions being stripped away, um, that's the best that most of us are going to be able to do in this life. Um, I know very few people who have actually um, come out the other side of the dark night of the spirit, which uh, strips away all of your illusions uh, into um, full conscious uh, union um, with God. Now, in Eastern traditions, they call this being enlightened, and it's 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 not easy to do. And of course, I don't I I, I automatically distrust anyone say, who says they've achieved it. Um, but, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but the, you know the the mystics say that you know that once you have once you have broken through into this full union with God, then there's there is no separation. Um, between your will and God's will. And so when, when you, um, so at that point, when God is moved with compassion, you are moved with compassion. When God reaches out to help, it is your hands that God uses to do that. And true, uh, true mystics in full union don't live very long because they spin themselves in service of others. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, you know what, John, this has been an amazing, amazing talk. You know, I, I actually, I think I could stay with you and just talk about this all day. It's just something that's, you know, very, very dear to my heart. And I, and I want to thank you so much for joining me today and in, in sharing all this. And I'm sure that some of these listeners are going to uh, <clears throat> get some good information out about what we talked today. So uh, I'm going to thank you again. And so do you, oh yes, that's right. So you have you have a website. Can I just tell people about that? Uh, oh, please where, do. Yeah. So what is, is that? JohnRMabry.com. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. That's it. So and it's just the way uh, it spells. It's spelled the way it sounds. And um, so look look Pastor John up. He's got some amazing books uh, available and some great songs that that you've published and some and you can read up about uh, Pastor John's work as well. And I want to thank you again for. For joining us. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> and that is all for this episode of Audible River. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, you can email us at audibleriverpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.